You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kings fans, happy Friday. You're listening to Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's show is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. You can download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our Locked On rooms. Talk with some cool people about some cool sports on Spotify Green Room. My name is Sarah Avampato. As always, glad to be here with you today, talking all about the Los Angeles Kings. And uh, today, we are getting ready for the expansion draft. So, like I said earlier in the week, uh, it is coming up. Uh, we're going to know uh, tomorrow. Well, tomorrow is when all the teams have to submit their protected lists to the league. So obviously things are going to start leaking tomorrow, really. Uh, But Sunday, I believe, is when uh, the lists will be made public. So we are getting very close to knowing who exactly every team is going to be protecting. Uh, So for now, today, we're doing a little bit of speculating, a little bit of learning about the rules. So on today's show, I am joined once again by a partner in crime, Jason Hernandez from Locked on Ducks, as we take a look at how the expansion draft is going to affect Southern California hockey. Sorry, Sharks, we don't care about you. You're Northern California and you can just, you know, stay up there and buy out Martin Jones or whatever it is you're doing up there. But we're going to take a look today at the expansion draft, at who our teams may protect, may not protect. And at the end of the show, I'm going to go over some of the rules of the expansion draft uh, because it will help to know those because uh, that way you don't ask weird questions or whatever. So uh, without any further ado or me rambling, let's get to the expansion draft talk. We're, uh, we're going to get cracking today. Oh, I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. Because we have expansion draft stuff to talk about. The lists do come out over the weekend. So expect Monday to be a pretty fun show in that regard. And we'll also, I guess, we'll project our lists. We'll talk about who might get chosen. And I guess go over some rules and all that jazz, right? Why not? Who loves loves rules? Great rules are great. Yeah, exactly. So first off, let's talk about your LA Kings. I've seen a lot of different mock lists out there as to who the Kings could expose or protect rather who's on your list, your list of who can be protected. So this, uh, this, uh, and we'll go over this a little more when we talk about rules, but the good thing for the Kings is that most of their really, really, really important players uh, or the players who they're looking to build around are all exempt because they don't have enough NHL experience yet. Uh, So they don't have to be protected, which means that the Kings don't have to worry about like, oh, no, Seattle's going to take Quentin Byfield. Like they can't. The rules say they can't. Uh, So I had an idea of what the Kings were going to do. And then the Kings traded for Victor Arvidsson, which is great. Like, I think he's going to be a really great addition to the team. But uh, he is now a forward who they are clearly going to have to protect. So what I have done in looking at my list, and thank you to Cap Friendly for uh, having a very handy expansion draft tool on their website. Uh, that's made my life a lot easier. Uh, I have looked at uh, at, at the, the roster, and we'll start on the back end because that one's the easiest one. Clearly, Cal Peterson is going to be who they're going to choose to protect from, from the goaltenders. Uh, no, no bones about that one. Um, on defense, uh, and again, this is another like rules thing, but the, the teams can either protect seven forwards and three defensemen or just eight skaters and one goalie. Um, which obviously is kind of weird, really, now that I think about it. 
um, because that those numbers don't add up to be the same. Kind of, maybe, I don't know, whatever. But I, I think the Kings will go the seven forwards, three defensemen route. Uh, and your three defensemen are going to be Drew Doughty, Sean Walker, and Matt Roy. Uh, there's really uh, no one else experienced that I think is really worth protecting. The the only one that is really, there, there's two that are kind of, not problematic, but are possibly going to wind up on Seattle's radar. And that's Kale Clegg and Austin Strand. Uh, both of those players have kind of broken through a little bit in the NHL this year, uh, but it's going to be those big three, the, the experienced defensemen who are going to get protected. Uh, for forwards, I honestly, every time I look at the list, I change my mind um, of, of what I think <laughs> they're going to do, of what I'm going to do. My version today looks a little something like this. Andre Kopitar, obviously, like you don't not protect him. Uh, Victor Arvidsson, because you don't not trade for him and then let him go. Um, Alex Iafalo, Adrian Kempe. Brendan Lemieux, which hurts me to say because I think he's useless, but again, why would you trade for a guy and then um, immediately get rid of him? Uh, Leas Anderson, I think that he performed really well in the kind of audition that he got, and I think the Kings are looking to have him build on that last season. And then Trevor Moore. Uh, those would be my protected players from the forwards, which leaves guys like Andreas Athanasiu, Austin Wagner, Blake Lazat, and Carl Grunstrom all unprotected. Uh, as well as a few other guys, but those are sort of the big names. Uh, Grunstrom is the guy who I keep leaving on or leaving off. And then the other big name not protected on there is Dustin Brown. Uh, is Seattle going to take Dustin Brown? No. No, they're not going to take uh, Dustin Brown. No, they're not going to take Dustin Brown. But I, I have heard some people saying like, oh, are the Kings going to protect him? And they, they shouldn't. They have enough other forwards that they need to not protect him because they like, could you imagine like not protecting Trevor Moore because you want to protect Dustin Brown like that would be really dumb but no one's uh, going to protect Dustin Brown with that kind of money attached to it that's the other thing no, but it depends what Kings fans fans you ask because some people are like he's so great and he is but like no please don't do that but yeah, yeah don't, that's, don't that's, do that that's, that's that's I mean if Seattle wants to take him like more power to him uh good veteran leadership etc cetera, etc cetera, but I don't think that's what's going to happen yeah, but would they? Probably not. Right. So as far as the Ducks, I do have a short list because I am not going the 3-7 route on my list. I have really changed it around a little, a little bit. So Gibson has to be protected at all costs, no matter what. He is your franchise goalie. So Gibson, that is the easy choice. Miller has retired. So when you look at the defense, this is where it gets tricky because Flurry has come in and he's not getting paid a whole lot. He's a good young defenseman that could really thrive under coach, maybe Eakins, but maybe Joel Bouchard later on down the line. He's one of those prototypical young defensemen that Bouchard really likes. So protect him at all costs. Then you also have Cam Fowler, Hampus Lindholm, Josh Manson. So yeah, four defensemen. Hmm. So what, what does that do with the forwards? Only four forwards, Troy Terry, Isaac Lundestrom, Ricard Raquel, and Sam Steele. You'll notice, Sarah, that I left out a lot of names there. A lot of names. You sure did. Yeah, guys like Max Jones, guys like Adam Henrique, guys like Jakob Silverberg. Those are some pretty big names. As far as who I think is going to get chosen out of those guys, I have a list of about two or three guys that I think could get chosen, and we will talk about that in a couple minutes. But the Ducks have a tough choice to make because they have a lot of young guys that they do need to protect, which is why I went the 
eight-player room. Fleury is a player that now upon reflection, you do protect him. As you said, you don't trade for him and not protect him. So that's why I kind of flip-flopped on three, seven, and eight players. So Fleury, you got to protect. And then Troy Terry and Sam Steele, I think, are two players that are very much up and coming. Same with Isaac Lundstrom. He showed a lot of promise in the first maybe like 30 to 40 games of this shortened season. And Ricard Raquel, even though he's been up and down at times, you have to protect him too. So some of those veterans, they might not get protected, but it might not be the worst thing to leave them unprotected and maybe they'll get picked up by Seattle. Who knows at this point, right? I mean, a girl can dream, right? (laughs) Uh, Believe it or not, we already run up against the first break. So when we come back, we'll talk about who we think is going to get chosen by the Kraken on both of our sides and start going over some rules and whatnot. Does that sound good? Sounds amazing. All right. We will get to that on the other side. We went over our lists. Now let's go over who we think is going to get chosen. I know you have one player that's likely to get chosen. Sarah, who is that player? So the the player that everyone talks about is Jonathan Quick. No, wait, it's not Jonathan Quick. Uh, (laughs) Kale Clegg, a defenseman, is who kind of all of the pundits, essentially all the hockey people, uh, suggest is going to get taken, which would not surprise me. You know, not really. Seattle has been playing it very close to the vest as as to what they are going to be looking for, what kind of players uh, they're going to want to take. Uh, but if I were a GM, I would be looking at Kale Clegg because he is still very young. He's 23. He's gotten a little bit of a shot at the NHL, but not a huge shot. And, you know, worst case scenario, you have a guy who ends up being kind of a tweener and can go back and forth between your AHL and your NHL team and provide, you know, experience kind of both ways there. Um, but he, he's a young defenseman, you know, puck moving, great skater. Uh, the issue with him and the reason why he hasn't gotten a whole ton of playing time in, uh, in Los Angeles is just consistency. But he's also 23 mm-hmm. years old. Uh, and we all know that it takes defensemen usually a little longer to kind of put all their pieces together. Um, so he, he's a player who I wish the Kings would find a way to keep him. But I, I don't think that there's, you know, I, I don't think it's going to happen. And kind of the asking price that we're hearing from Seattle in terms of making deals with them to not pick a certain player is just absurd. Uh, Kale Clegg is not worth, you know, the trouble of doing something to make him not get taken. Uh, this isn't a uh, Shea Theodore situation, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he, he's, who, he's who I think is probably more likely. There are some more interesting names over in the forwards uh, with my list. Obviously, I didn't protect Carl Grunstrom who could be a good sort of young power forward sort of player. Uh, Austin Wagner is fast and that's about it. I'd love for Seattle to pick him and get his contract off the books, but you know, mm-hmm. I probably won't be that lucky. And uh, Andreas Athanasiu, I think would be really attractive, but he also is uh, a restricted free agent, and the Kings just may very well not qualify him. Uh, and then he'll be free to sign wherever he wants. So my pick I'll is still- in here. Yes, go ahead. I'll jump in here because there's one player that you left out that I think could get chosen. And some hockey writers, some pundits have said that they would take Blake Lazat with that draft or with that exception draft pick. Because Lazat is kind of that player that in the right system, Mm -hmm. he could really thrive. Mm -hmm. And having watched all these players up close, because I do cover AHL as well, I've seen those guys develop in the American Hockey League. And Lazat is one of those guys 
that I think has a legitimate shot if he gets the proper playing time, if mm-hmm. he's used in the right place. And same with Kale Clegg. He was underutilized not only in L.A. He was mm-hmm. underutilized in Ontario as yeah. well. Yeah. I mean, I, as much as I like Mike Stuthers, there were times where he did not use him properly because he was looking at other defensemen. I'm looking at Paul Ledoux, Matt mm-hmm. Luff. He was more focused on those players. And obviously, the Ledoux experiment has mm-hmm. not come to fruition like we thought. So when mm-hmm. I look at players like Kale Clegg, he would probably do a lot better in Seattle, yeah. which is why I think a lot of pundits say, mm-hmm. yeah, take this guy. But Blake Lazat, I think, is on some people's radars as well, don't you think? Yeah, and I think that that's a really, a really good point as well. And, you know, for, for as sad as I would be to see Kale Clegg leave, because I think he could develop to be a really good defenseman for the Kings and in their system, I wouldn't be sad to see Blake Lazat leave. But that's not about him. That's about the fact that I think that he deserves a, a shot at a slightly better role than he has with the Kings. And he is someone who sooner or later is going to get pushed out of the Kings lineup as some of these guys like Quentin Byfield, Alex Turcotte, uh, you know, kind of come Rasmus Kapari, like that they come up and claim these center roles. And, you know, I think Blake Lazada is a good player. He's a fun, you know, energy has like, you know, they, he has a motor that never stops. Everyone always talks about mm-hmm. that as his main characteristic, you know, small guy plays bigger than the size, whatever. Uh, so I could definitely see him uh, being a player who thrives in in a a new environment and b just getting a shot that he's not ever really going to get with the Kings. So like I'd be sad to see him go, but I also would be you know it'd be a good move for his career. Uh, so would wouldn't be that would be an interesting choice. And that yeah, that's one where it's going to just really depend on what what all their other picks look like and how it shakes out for them to uh, you know what position they need by the time they get around to picking from the Kings. But that's, that's a good one. I didn't even, he's so small. I forgot about him. No, that's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've got a couple players that the ducks are probably going to lose in the expansion draft. And it's Kevin. I'm kidding. That's not, I'm kidding. It won't be (laughs) Kevin Shattenkirk. Why are are you laughing, Sarah? (laughs) I mean, it could be, you never know. (laughs) It's not, it's not going to be Shattenkirk. Not with that 3.9 cap hit. Now there are two players on a lot of people's radars. And these two players, I think either one could go. Sonny Milano. Sonny Milano has been hurt. He has missed a lot of time. He had a great first game with the Anaheim Ducks. The day he got traded to Anaheim from Columbus, what did he do? He scored two goals, one early on and the game-winning overtime goal. He endeared himself to this fan base. And he had a good start to his tenure in Anaheim. And then it got cut short by COVID last season. This season... He's hardly found his footing. He's been injured. He's supposedly back to 100% health. However, I don't know if he's going to want to be given up or taken by Seattle. So the other name that is on a lot of people's lists. You ready for this, Sarah? Uh Uh-oh. Adam Henrique. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kid you not. I've seen Adam Henrique's name come up on quite a few lists. And the main reason is, you know, Seattle has to fill out their cap hit because there is one rule. This one rule I will talk about right now is that Seattle has to choose a certain amount as far as salary cap hit. It has to be between 60 and 100% of the $81.5 million cap ceiling. So the salary cap hit could be as low as $50 million and as high as the 81 dollars 
So if you need someone to kind of get through that cap floor, that's going to be a guy that's going to be looked at. Adam Henrique, you need someone that has captain capability. You need someone that can score a lot of points. And I've seen that from a few writers. Uh, one that I saw recently was Marissa Ngemi, who she actually has some pretty interesting choices. She chose Adam Henrique for the Ducks. She chose Kale Clegg for the Kings. I like her list the best out of everyone else that I've seen. We will talk about who other teams could take. But I think Henrique might be the likely choice if it's not Sonny Milano. What do you think about that? Do you agree, disagree there? Yeah, I mean, I looking at Anaheim's list, I do think that Henrik is like, like, yeah, we all know that he's never going to get the role that he wants or thinks he should have in Anaheim, uh, especially as these young players come up. And as we, I know we've talked about before, he really did show at uh, Men's Worlds over the, the, I guess, earlier part of the summer. Yes, like, thank you. you know, I, I was talking about that. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. Uh, he, you know, led Team Canada and Team Canada was like, what, the first team to come from, you know, 0-3 essentially in yeah. Men's Worlds to win the gold <laughs> or whatever. Uh, you know, it was a very impressive performance by a really kind of bizarrely structured Team Canada. Uh, and Adam Henrique was the captain of that team. And... I think that he he is a guy who still has something to give. It's not like he's totally you know washed up. He, is he as good as he was a handful of years ago? No. Um, but you need those guys who provide that veteran leadership and experience and can kind of be there in the room for your band of misfit ragtag other players. Uh, so you know, if, if I were looking at Anaheim's list and presuming they don't protect him, which why would they? Um, he's definitely probably the first guy I'd have my eye on because we know from his past history in this league that he does kind of have that leadership quality, even if his play is declining. He's who you would pick. Interesting. Maybe you and Marissa have something you, you're on something there. Hmm. I mean, also he's very handsome. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> even I'll admit that. All right. <laughs> uh, we need to head to the second break and you know what? I know Adam Henry guys like Henry. He really needs to build up that energy and get some more protein in his life if he wants to continue improving. And you know what's the best source of protein right now? I'm going to go ahead and guess that it's a Built Bar. Is that correct, sir? It is a Built Bar. They are packed with 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar, and, wow, only 130 calories on average. What are some of your favorite flavors flavors of Built Bar that you like a lot? Uh, uh, Definitely enjoying the cookies and cream. Uh, the uh, cookie dough, uh, what is it? The cookie dough crunch or cookie dough something yeah, something? The dough. Yeah, the cookie yeah, dough. Yeah, that one. one. It had a it had a cool name, but it's it's real good. Um, really, all the ones that have like extra like special like cookie or brownie bites in them are really really good because it tastes basically like you're eating a candy bar or some sort of delicious sweet treat. However, uh, it's also really good for you, which is a plus because I should eat less like a gremlin, I think. <laughs> And I got to eat more like a marathoner for reasons. <laughs> Marathon time. So if you want to get in better energy shape, all that jazz, if you want to build up that protein, go to builtbar.com. Sorry, built.com. <laughs> See, y'all caught me there. Built.com. I'm leaving this in. And in the promo box, use promo code LOCKED15 to get a 15% discount. And once again, that is BuiltBar.com, the best tasting protein bar in the land. And please eat responsibly. <laughs> yeah, that's all I can say about that, right? I think so. 
Yeah. All right. So we're going to talk. We talked about some rules. We'll talk more about rules and we'll talk about who some other teams might give up in the expansion draft. Stay locked in. There are some rules that I know you want to get to and talk about. So I'll let you take the lead on that. What are some of the rules and regulations as far as this expansion draft goes? Sweet. So the first thing is, if you were around for whenever Vegas came into into existence and became a team, the rules are all exactly the same. So if you were one of those few people who memorized all of the rules from the Vegas expansion, uh, you're, you're good, you're golden. You can fact check me, I guess, because uh, the rules are all the same. Uh, that said, the biggest thing that people keep getting wrong when they talk about this expansion draft is talking about why Vegas does not have to give up a player because every team but Vegas is going to lose a player in the expansion draft. And yes, as someone who does not like the Vegas Golden Knights, I think that stinks. I think that they should have to lose a boy in the uh, expansion boy draft, but that is not how it works. And the reason why Vegas doesn't have to give up a player is because Vegas isn't getting a cut of the gajillions of dollars that Seattle has to pay to become part of the league. So Seattle paid a $650 million expansion fee in order to become a NHL team. All of the 30 teams, aside from Vegas, each each get paid a cut of that. They get $21.67 million. Vegas doesn't get that. Uh, And so that is the justification for Vegas not having to give up a player uh, because they're not getting any of the money, which is essentially kind of compensation for, you know, new team, new competition, losing a boy, all that stuff. So you can think it's fair or think it's unfair or whatever, but that was the rules agreed to whenever Vegas came into the league was that, you know, knowing that in future expansions, Vegas wouldn't have to lose a player because they also weren't going to get any of the money. So that is why no one is talking about Vegas losing a player, Uh, much to my disappointment because of the hot like 30 seconds where I forgot this rule and thought that maybe Marc-Andre Fleury could have been like double expansion drafted. Um, (laughs) But then I remembered how rules work and I was wrong. Uh, So that is that rule. Um, As we kind of alluded to a little bit earlier, teams can protect players uh, and you can choose between either protecting seven forwards, three defensemen and one goalie or eight skaters of any flavor and one goalie. So theoretically, you could protect eight defensemen, I guess, if you really wanted to. Who would do that? Crazy. I don't know, but like Dean Lombardi, I don't know. <laughs> but Sadly, I, I he think would. He probably would, because and they'd all be like six six and large and bad players. Mm. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I think um, I think most teams probably do go the seven three one route. Um, but there's a handful, I'm sure, that's going to go with just the straight up eight players route um but so you you have a set number of players you can protect uh and then you also have to protect anyone who has a no movement clause so for the kings for example drew dowdy has to be protected because he has a no movement clause we have no choice about it unless you were to ask him to waive his new no movement clause which obviously the kings are not going to do but we have seen some other teams do that uh the dallas stars recently Uh, Ben Bishop, their goaltender, has a no-movement clause. He has agreed to waive that. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Skinner in Buffalo. Yeah, Jeff Skinner in Buffalo has agreed to waive his no-movement clause. uh, To and 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 usually teams will do that to either maybe say, "Hey, you want to take this guy? You can take him," Um, or they will do it to say, "We know no one's going to take you, Jeff Skinner, and we're going to use that spot that we would have otherwise had to use on you." on another player who we actually want to protect. So it's a little bit of a backhanded compliment, I think. 
Uh, but so if your player has a no movement clause, chances are you're protecting them in the draft. Teams mm. don't have to protect, like I mentioned earlier, uh, new players. So all first and second year players. Uh, so in their first or second year of their like NHL careers and all unsigned draft choices are exempt from selection and don't have to be protected. So for the Kings, Quentin Byfield doesn't have to be protected. For the Kings, um, Helga Granz, who is still playing in Sweden and hasn't even come over to the United States yet, uh, he doesn't have to be protected. Anyone who has been unsigned yet, uh, who your team has drafted and not given a contract to, does not have to be protected. So all of your young players uh, are safe. You don't have to worry that you're going to lose your you know, shiny new number two draft pick from last year or something. Yeah, but th- this is kind of a weird rule because you have to have a certain amount of games in order to be qualified yes. to be protected and not. Whereas Max Jones and Sam Steele do have to be protected. Max Comtois does mm-hmm. not have to be protected. Remember last season when the Ducks put him down just kind of mm-hmm. unceremoniously, like just oddly, and mm-hmm. he finished the previous season in San Diego. If they had not done that, he would have had to be protected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so yeah, that, there's like there's like a service time component to it, essentially. Yeah, so that um, move two years yeah. ago helped the Ducks because mm-hmm. hey, they get to keep their shiny all star. So there are there are rules that like like you're saying around how many games a player has played, and so this is like a really pedantic part of the rules, and there's no way to make this exciting. And and I'm sorry, but uh, this is what it is. They're they're, they're um, there for a reason. They're they're there for a reason. Some lawyer had a lot of fun with all this, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. Uh, so yeah. teams do have requirements in terms of who they leave exposed, uh, in terms of you know, players have to have had a certain amount of games accrued, which is why you're seeing right now some teams making some kind of weird signings. Uh, I know Columbus, for example, just signed a goalie who they technically really have no use for, but they need to expose someone, and it's going to be this kid. Each team has to expose at least one defenseman who is under contract next season and who has played in at least 40 NHL games last season or 70 in the prior two seasons. Uh, they have to protect or they have to leave exposed at least two forwards uh, who have those same criteria under contract next year and played at least 40 last year or 70 combined. For goalies, it's a little weirder because goalies, you know, no goalie is playing 70 games unless you're like vintage Jonathan Quick, I guess. Uh, So for goalies, they have to expose one goalie who is under contract next year or who will be a restricted free agent at the end of his current contract. So right now, immediately prior to 2021-22. If a team elects to make a restricted free agent goalie available uh, to meet this requirement, he also must have received a qualifying offer from his team. So if you have an RFA goalie, you have to give him an offer or else he doesn't count. Uh, So goalies are a little bit of a special uh, situation. Yeah, so goalies are weird. Uh, yeah, you're you you will if you look potentially at some of your younger players who you're like, shouldn't this guy have been exposed? Uh, chances are the reason is because of like you were talking about uh, with Max Comtois, who didn't quite get the correct amount of time in service in the NHL to actually count uh, for, <laughs> for for terms of this. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's great for you guys. Um, the other interesting one that I saw was Chicago Alex Nylander. Uh, is still considered exempt from the draft because he missed essentially this entire season with an injury. Uh, and so the NHL decided he doesn't count because he didn't actually play this year. So he would have yeah, had that was the a correct weird one. Yeah. And that, that was kind of, you know, actually a nice thing that the NHL did. 
for once, I guess. Um, but you know, he otherwise should have had to either be exposed or protected, but they ruled that since he didn't play uh, and he has had so much of kind of checkered back and forth between the AHL and the NHL in his past years when he was still with Buffalo that like, you know, I guess it makes sense, but uh, that was kind of an interesting announcement um, from them. Uh, and then the other one is players with career ending injuries, which I, I don't know, maybe could be Shea Weber at this point. We don't really That's know. That's the one I wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shea uh, Weber probably won't be selected or protected because mm-hmm. uh, that long-term injury that he had, it has been reported that he is going to be out for at least next season. And some are saying it's a career ending injury with that ankle among other injuries. So you look at that situation and what do the Canadians do in that case? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, the Canadians, I believe are leaving him unexposed or they're leaving him exposed in the draft. But the, the interesting thing about that is that they still have to expose the correct number of defensemen. Um, like he potentially could maybe not count because um, the rule is basically a team may not satisfy exposure requirements unless they receive NHL approval for players with potential career ending injuries who have missed more than the previous 60 consecutive games. So that wouldn't actually be uh, Shea Weber. That, that wouldn't count. Um, or who have otherwise been confirmed to have a career-threatening injury. Uh, so that could have maybe be how they looked at uh, Nylander because he missed like the entire season. But yeah, yeah. Shea Weber yeah. is an interesting, uh, an interesting choice because there is the potential that he could play again. Like we don't know. No one knows. But No one knows if, but him. No, yeah, and... I mean, if he like up and retires, which he wouldn't, he would just go on permanent long-term injured reserve. But, you know, there's always the question of how bad is that going to come back to bite Nashville, which would be funny. Uh, but, you know, then they'll be the, Then they'll be just like the Minnesota Wild with all that dead cap space. That's what Ooh. happens. <laughs> what? What did I say? I mean, it was great. <laughs> that was I'm, I'm, just point, I'm just pointing out fact that if Shea Weber does indeed go the long-term, like if he goes that route, Nashville will be on the bill for a lot of that money, like Minnesota right now. $14 million in cap dead space in two seasons. What were they thinking? They've set themselves back so much. Well, good luck to them. Not really. Yeah. Wouldn't have figured the one year that they're in our division and they (laughs) light it up. Yeah. Of course. Of course. So we are actually way over time here. So... Maybe you can come back early next week and maybe we can predict just for a segment, predict what other teams are going to give up or who's going to be like the 30 players that get selected. Heck yes. Just to have some fun with this. All right. So we are going to wrap up for the week, but thank you all for listening. It is so appreciated. Sarah, where can everyone find you on the socials and where can they find your work? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. Uh, Locked on Kings is available at Locked on LA Kings. Uh, of course, podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm also on Mondays and Wednesdays on Locked on NHL, which is our uh, national show focusing on uh, broader NHL stories. Uh, so locked at Locked on NHL pods uh, on Twitter and again, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you, for some reason, care about the Carolina Hurricanes and the Chicago Wolves, you can find me over at Kings Country, occasionally talking about them. Uh, and I have a very neglected Kings newsletter called Line to the Throne, which maybe eventually I will write something again for um, once we draft some new boys in the boy auction. So that's that's it. What about you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at StimpyJD. You can find me 
on the socials at stimpjd. Uh, the show's Twitter is at lo underscore ducks. The show is locked on ducks, which you could find wherever podcasts are heard, like Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, all that fun stuff. And I don't have a fancy schmancy newsletter, but maybe I could contribute to the Kings one because, hey, I'm part of their birthday club. Hey. Oh, man, I, don't rub it in. I don't I'm, get free things. I'm going to rub it in. I'm so Aww. going to rub it in because one of the requirements is you have to live in a 75-mile radius of Staples Center. You know what? I may as well get some free tickets. I mean, maybe so. if, like, I live in a 75-mile radius if you're using some sort of, sort of fancy, like, space-time portal. Come on, I mean, man. I, I mean, I mean, we could figure something out. Yeah, I there. guess. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Anyway, okay. so <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening. So next week will be a busy one. The following week will be an even busier one. So definitely stay locked in for all that. Sarah, thanks for coming on. I greatly appreciate you, and thanks. You're welcome. I love sharing facts. Ah, oh, yay. On behalf of Sarah and myself, for Locked on LA Kings and Locked on Anaheim Ducks. This is Locked on SoCal Hockey saying have a great weekend. Please be kind, be safe out there, and Ducks fly together.